Hey guys and welcome back to Truthfully Ruth with your host here Ruth Olubai. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode on all things entrepreneurship. And now if you're thinking of starting a business, I hope that you are equipped with some tools that you need that you can use to overcome any challenges that you may face as an entrepreneur. There's also a special announcement related to that episode, but you'll have to wait to the end of the season for that. So, today's episode, however, we're talking about mental health. In our generation, it's something that we need to be very, very aware of, and that's why I decided that one episode every season will be dedicated to mental health, because I believe that our minds are just as pivotal to us as our bodies and our souls, and it's of utmost importance that we take care of them. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope that you learn a few things related to the basics of mental health. Sit back and enjoy. Today's guest is somebody that I look up to as a mentor. She's also a dear friend and a certified mental health practitioner. She has had a great impact on my life and many other people's lives through her foundation, the Madini Youth Foundation, which I'll let her talk about. So without further ado, join me in welcoming today's guest, Marianne. Marianne, welcome to the studio. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Agola. Well, only Ruth calls me Marianne. <laughs> Uh, or Maya or whatever, but uh, my name is Agolalo uh, and I'm the founder of Madini, like she said. Uh, basically, since what we do is just like run around doing the best we can for people and uh, school fees, feeding programs, counseling, basically everything we can do to get them to a point where they can sustain themselves and they're in a, like a state that is okay mentally and in terms of also like socioeconomic needs. So Yes, I'm also a child and adolescent psychologist, so I practice for the company and also do other things, pretty much, yeah. Okay, so my first question then is what you've said at the end. Yeah. You're a psychologist, so mm-hmm. what made you want to study psychology and follow <laughs> that path? <laughs> well, for some reason, everybody asks that, mm-hmm. but I know most people would say, oh, I started to do psychology so I could help others and change their lives. Well, that is a lie for me. I started psychology so I could fix myself and fix my family. I know it sounds strange because in the end I realized that was actually not the way to do it. But yeah, I did it so that I'll be able to like deal with the struggles I was facing growing up in the village and also just interpersonal issues, relationship things, you know, the typical ones. Yeah. No, that's true. And I feel like Many of us feel like we want to fix ourselves and we don't know how. So it's really encouraging to hear that you thought the best way to do that was to go and study psychology. Yeah. So on a light-hearted note, many people say, you know, psychology, so... Mm-hmm. And it's something they also tell me because I studied second eight levels. Please you don't know? say psychologists read minds. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> and I think the biggest thing is like, okay, now on a more serious note, like, of course we can't read minds. Yes. But do you think that it has helped you to understand people better? Yes, and uh, just to clarify, it's not that we read minds, but uh, psychologists, based on the training and the practice, you become more aware of people's emotions and how they express them like physically and more aware of their behaviors. So from these things, you're able to understand like some thought processes for some people up to a point. So it's not necessarily reading minds, but uh, understanding how people behave and it helps you in like being in a position to understand something that otherwise would not have made sense to you. Let's say a um, random example, somebody who's depressed and is stuck in the house for a whole week, somebody without an understanding of psychology, you just think you're being lazy, you're in the house, you're not doing work, you're not going anywhere. But then you see now me and my training, I'll understand there's something that is keeping you from that. So it makes it easier for me to be more patient with you or... Uh, 
figure out a way to get you out of the house without necessarily making you feel like you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. And I feel like in the African society we've grown up in, you're actually right. Yeah. If you sleep too much, you're just resting. <laughs> yeah, it like go hustle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So like taking it another route, you brought up depression. Yeah. I think that many of us just go with definitions that we feel are right or best explained. Yeah. But from the point of a psychologist, mm. if you could explain to us what is depression, yeah. what is anxiety, and what is bipolar, I think that would be a good place to start yeah. on some of the common mental health disorders. Yeah, okay. So understanding them, first of all, uh, the one thing I think we need to be able to tell everybody is there are so many disorders. Like there mm. are in, there's a whole DSM. It's very big. And mm. most of these things have symptoms that are similar. So first of all, like as much as we educate people, we tell them just because you're feeling like, oh, I am having trouble sleeping, trouble eating, trouble uh, having interest in things I used to enjoy, it doesn't mean you have depression. You know, the first thing people do is they go Google their symptoms. Yeah. And the first <laughs> thing that is going to come up is depression or whatever. So you yeah. self-diagnose and just say, oh, well, shit, my life is so hard <laughs> because I'm depressed. So yeah. I think the best thing would f- like be getting to a point where you can talk to somebody like me or somebody else to yes. monitor these symptoms for a while mm-hmm. to be able to get to a point to like let you know if you have depression or you're just reacting to a normal life experience the way you're supposed to react to it so yeah when you, you say like i'm supposed to be discussing depression and anxiety well there's so many things but uh let's say depression for example yes if I was to have a client come in, they're unable to do the things they normally do or yes. go to school or go to work or yeah. function in the house and it's it's affecting them and yeah. affecting the people around them. My job is to figure out where they started and monitor the whole process yes. and be able to adhere to like that. There's a specific guideline for how long you're supposed to observe symptoms before you can say this is depression and this is something else. Okay. So basically it's just working with people, but... In short, without like, I don't want to mention exact symptoms because most people will go and self-diagnose. But in typical things like depression, if you're having trouble sleeping, maybe you're sleeping more or sleeping less. Yes. Or if you're having trouble eating, you're eating more or eating less. Yeah. Or you're losing interest in things you used to like. Like somebody like me, if I stop watching anime, then you know there's a problem. (laughs) It no longer like amazes me or excites me, then there's a problem. Yeah. Or you've thought about or thoughts keep recurring about uh, ending your life or life is just meaningless or whatever. Some days you wake up feeling like I don't matter and things don't matter or I'm not doing like I'm not doing the purpose I should have been here for. And it's just a general feeling of I am worthless. If Mm. you feel something like that, you don't necessarily have depression, but you're in a mental state that is not healthy for you. So Mm -hmm. through the work with the therapists, you'll be able to figure out if I'm depressed Mm -hmm. or if I'm just sad. And the reason why I fixate on that is because, good example, if uh, you're very close to your mom and then your mom passes on, you will experience a very long period of sadness and tears and meaninglessness and problems eating, problems sleeping. Yes. I'm not going to call that depression because mm-hmm. that is a reaction to a life event that has happened. Yes. So working with somebody, you'd be able to tell at what point it's no longer just me reacting to something that happened. Yeah. And this is something that is now developed into something that needs to be handled. Yes. So in short, if whatever is happening with you is preventing you from functioning the way you're supposed to in various aspects of your life, that yeah. is home, school, yeah. work, 
then you probably need to talk to somebody. It could be a mental health thing that needs to be addressed. But mm-hmm. don't go googling them symptoms. Well, you can Google them, but don't go diagnosing yourself. <laughs> okay. Pretty much. But that is just for depression. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to touch a bit on anxiety? Because I yes. think that one is thrown around, around like a lot. Like, yes. oh, I'm so anxious. I have anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so maybe you can <laughs> touch us get anxious. Yeah. One thing about anxiety. Anxiety is actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, in most cases, people will see it as a negative thing, but it yes. helps in like appropriate amounts. Okay. It helps somebody in better preparing for something or doing something better mm-hmm. or being more alert. Let's say if you're anxious before a presentation for class. Yes. You, if it's two days to end, you know, I haven't really, oh my God, I'm supposed to be presenting. I haven't really prepared adequately. Those two days, because of that anxiety you're mm. feeling, yeah. will get you to do more research and mm-hmm. go through your work better. By the time yeah. you're presenting, it's actually better quality than when it was like before yes. the anxiety. So in yeah. some cases, anxiety helps you. But mm-hmm. then again, like we've said with the depression case, the moment it prevents you from functioning well mm. in your various like aspects of your life, then now you have to be worried. So in anxiety, most of the things we look for as a psychologist or uh, mental health practitioners is uh, if you have like a very intense fear of doing something, like yeah. a very intense fear of uh, maybe getting involved in a situation. Let me... Let me use like an example. Let's say, um, oh, this podcast thing. Now, yeah. you see, for <laughs> me, when I walked in, unfortunately, I experienced like a mild state of anxiety. I was like, oh my God, this is my first time doing this. <laughs> I have to be able to breathe and everything else. So yeah. in that moment, I was able to process it and I am here doing the podcast. So that yeah. is not necessarily anxiety. It was just like I was kind of a, a bit uncomfortable at first. Yes. And then now it gets normal. Yeah. But now if my anxiety got to a point where I ended up here, unable to breathe, unable to focus, or or I cancelled and didn't show up for the podcast, yeah. or did something else, then you know, it prevented me from doing something meaningful in my life. In that yeah. point, then you have to be worried about the symptoms. So, yeah. if you have an irrational or an intense fear of uh, certain things, mm-hmm. that should be worrying. If it occupies a lot of your thought processes for the better parts of the day, is like it, you tend to fixate much on it. Yeah. And in most cases, you'll find that if you compare this fear to that thing, or sorry, this fear or anxiety to that thing that is causing it, you realize they are not the same, um, like it doesn't balance. Yes. Let's say um, your anxiety is too much. Like, let's say if you have to perform in front of an audience and you're so terrified, you end up like sweating and tears and breaking down. Yeah. Truth of the matter is the audience, there's nothing they can do to you. Like they can't beat you up. (laughs) They can't kill you. They can't do anything. But you see your brain Mm. doesn't know that. So your Mm. reaction in the moment, having the whole meltdown would be not quite proportional to the thing that is causing the meltdown. Yeah. So if it's anxiety, you compare the thing that's causing it and your reaction to it. If your reaction is way too intense and yeah. way too much in mm-hmm. comparison to this, then that's something that needs to be monitored and we need to like like figure out why am I feeling so scared of this or why am I so anxious about this particular thing. Yeah. Again, one thing that is notable for people who have anxiety mm-hmm. is they tend to now go around those things that cause them discomfort. Okay. So in this case, I would have, I don't know, told Ruth, you see, I have to go run around doing a lot of bank things and <laughs> other things and uh, can we reschedule? So yeah. if you have a tendency to avoid that thing that is making you uncomfortable, yes, then maybe that is something that should be addressed. So Because now it circles back to anything that is preventing you from functioning well in the society. Because yeah. in that moment, see, now you're preventing yourself from doing things. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I again, no diagnosis. 
Okay, mm. I like that. Mm. I like that. And I like the disclaimers mm. <laughs> that keep coming. Because mm. I feel like you brought up a good thing. Many of us use Dr. Google and yeah. we believe that, <gasps> like I have a growth my next God. to my chest. <laughs> I have cancer. Like, yeah. <laughs> And I think it's the same thing. And then I also believe that, but this is my personal opinion, yeah. that the more we Dr. Google these things, especially when it comes to mental health, mm. then you might not even have had depression. Yeah. But then you've read, and then I'll, I'm but depressed. Like, oh my God, I actually noticed I didn't eat well yesterday. Exactly. I could be depressed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you actually develop it when you didn't have it. Yes. So mm. then, like, I would like to ask then. Yeah. So we've talked against self um, diagnosis. diagnosis. Yes. So what would you advise the people is the best way to get professional diagnosis for any time they think, mm. okay, I think this is over the normal sadness or what you said, like, yes. oh, my fear is irrational compared to the stimulus. Yes. Like what would be the best way for somebody to move on from there? Okay. Uh, the best thing is the moment you notice there's something off in most cases, most people can tell there's something off with me. I'm not quite sure why I'm not okay, but I'm mm. not quite okay. Mm-hmm. The easiest way, especially in cases where somebody is extremely anxious, you can't function or you're feeling extremely like worthless or yeah. sad. The best way is to reach out to various, there are various counseling agencies that offer services. Now, mm-hmm. there are those ones that are paid and those ones that are not. Okay. So let's say if somebody was uh, thinking about ending their lives or life yes. has become too hard and everything else, the easiest way is to Google. Yeah. There's a, a website called Befriend Us Kenya. It offers free counseling services and it can also connect somebody to therapists. But beyond mm-hmm. the free ones, I know in most cases, mental health, yes. especially in Kenya, most people can't afford it. So yeah. anytime I'm asked that, I start with the free ones. Yes. So you reach out to those. Mm-hmm. But alternatively, people like us also, as much as I am practicing and I am a paid therapist, yeah. reaching out to me doesn't hurt because then I'll be able to understand what you're going through. And if I can't do the the journey with you, yes. I can connect you to somebody else who will do it for free or do it for a payment depending on the situation or whatever you're dealing with. So yeah. I think the first step is taking time to reach out to somebody who's a professional okay. and uh, like somebody you can verify is a professional because there's also a lot of people out there claiming to be <laughs> therapists. They do like a, no offense, they yeah. do like a short course for like a month or two or three, but you see it takes a lot of years for you to understand human nature health. Of course. It takes a while for you to get to a point where you truly, truly understand how humans work. So yeah, Reach out to people like us or uh, befrienders or anytime you Google uh, those situations. In most cases, it brings out like uh, results from within the country. Yeah. People you can talk to and yes. people you can be able to tell, okay, I'm drowning. I need help. Yeah. If somebody doesn't help me, I don't know what's going to happen. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think that's deep. I think mm. that's deep because last year, especially, and those close to me will know, we lost a dear friend of ours. And we're not the only ones who lost a friend True. to circumstances of somebody taking their own life. Yeah. So I think that with knowing the avenues which you can take, guys, remember that ending your life is not the way to go yeah. because you haven't solved any problem. You've just left others with a whole lot of heartbreak yeah. and a lot of other issues that they have to then take care of and, and clean up following you taking your life. So please, if you need help, as Mariana said, you can reach out to her. She'll give her handles at the end of the episode. You can reach out to Befrienders Kenya. You can also check Google for other such results for counseling or therapy or anything you need. There are places that you can find it. And most of all, also you could just reach out to me. I'm yeah. sure there's somebody I know or somebody yes. that I know who knows somebody that can really help you. Yeah. But don't take that as an option for you. Yes. Sorry. Uh, also, I like that you've uh, pointed out the, the issue for thinking about suicide yeah i know a lot of times people like attempt suicide or uh, 
or think about like this as the only option left. Mm. It's not wrong for you to feel like the world is ending. Yeah. And it's not wrong for you to feel like, okay, I don't have any more strength to move forward. What is wrong is not being able to like, just like reach out one last time. So like mm. in that moment, you feel like there's nothing. It is very valid for you to have these feelings. You've gone through a lot of things. Most people would not be able to understand. Yes. But the point is now for you to save yourself from this situation, you have to make that effort of reaching somebody and saying, okay, help me now. Yeah. Yes. No, totally. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing. Again, in this day and age, when people complain even on social media, you see many people in the comments or whatever saying, oh, but you're not the only one, but you're not the first one. I think It doesn't make your pain any yeah, less. <laughs> that's true. And I think there was a book I read that really touched me because it said every human might go through similar situations mm-hmm. as somebody else, but mm-hmm. they're never the same. Yeah. So mm-hmm. always be encouraged the way Megan is saying. It's mm-hmm. not wrong to feel like, hey, things are really going bad. Mm. And it's not like everyone else knows because it's only you at the end of the day yeah. in your particular situation. But always remember there's somebody that you can talk to and yeah. somebody that can help you out. Yeah. So like, let's say now, moving the step forward, the needle forward, we've, I think, okay, me as Ruth, I'm not feeling too good. Something is off. Okay. I've come to you. Okay, but we're friends. So this conflict of interest, yeah. I'm going to see somebody else. Yes. Well, I've reached out and befriend a scanner mm-hmm. and okay. So what would be the next step then that you as a practitioner mm-hmm. or as a counselor or as a somebody in that medical fac- first like in the medical let's say the mental health practitioner exactly uh-huh. what would be the next steps then so that somebody yeah. can also know like what to expect exactly that's what i was, where ah. I was going with that ah okay mm-hmm. so uh first of all when somebody reaches out the the next obvious step is you organize for a session okay but depending on the state again because in some cases like i've had i've received phone calls from people who are literally like in that moment they want to like take the pills to finish you see yes like that is somebody in crisis so as much as uh i would say oh let's schedule a session for next week you can do that because this person needs you in the moment if you don't stabilize them in the moment they would take the pill so in such a state we do something called psychological first aid. Okay. So basically it's getting this person to physically and emotionally just calm down. Yes. So wherever they are, like using uh, mindful techniques yes. or using breathing techniques yeah. and redirecting their focus to something that uh, I call a lifeline, something okay. that gives meaning to their lives in that moment. Because yes. the moment somebody is in that state, yeah. their brains only see all the bad things. So if you of redirect course. it to something that has been keeping them going, then it mm. will put them in a state stable enough in that period until the point when you can have a session. So that is just for the psychological first aid okay. in the extreme cases. Okay. But beyond the extreme cases, let's just say somebody is organizing for a session because they feel like they have depression. Yeah. So in that state, we'll have a... The first session is normally just a lot of intake. Expect to be asked a lot of questions because yeah. we have to understand <laughs> your your family background, your mm-hmm. current situation, some questions maybe about work and mm-hmm. whatever. It's all for us to be able to understand what could have triggered the way you're feeling now because yes. depression, like all the other disorders, there could be so many causes. It could be something genetic. It could be something in your environment. Yeah. It could be something that has recently happened. Yeah. It could be something associated with your personality. Mm. It could be something at work. Mm-hmm. So through this first session, we just collect a lot of data and a lot of information to help us like... Uh, 
get a general idea of the possible areas that yes. could have triggered this feeling you're having. Mm-hmm. So once we work together in identifying where to start, then there's a process of uh, prioritizing goals. So we have long-term goals and short-term goals. Yeah. And then we have uh, a way of implementing using different theoretical approaches. Again, this is different depending on many psychologists because we yes. don't all use the same theoretical approach. Of so course. Good example, somebody like me, I blend CBT and uh, logotherapy. Okay. So basically, cognitive behavior therapy helps me in uh, working with the clients to change the way they perceive things. Yes. You'll notice, once you change, it's not for every case, but once you change the way you perceive something, yeah, it changes the way you feel about it. Of course. I always use this example. Uh, when I was back in college doing the, the whole master's program, I used to constantly take a matatu from town, mm-hmm. coming, like, evening classes. Yes. So, when you're going to class, and you're already late, and you're in a matatu, and you're stuck in the jam, and you know very well you'll get there, like, <laughs> one hour later. Yeah. You see, you'll get very mad, yes. and you'll get very angry, and you sit there just counting the minutes. Yeah. One person can do that, and in the end, by the time they get to where they are, they're already upset. Yeah. But alternatively, someone else will say, Meren, you're already stuck. In the matter too. There's nothing you can do. The jam is there. What yeah. if I actually use this time to edit videos I'm supposed to post or use it to read a book or use yeah. it to do something else? Yeah. In the meantime, it's still an um, unpleasant experience. Yes. But the moment I like l- alight from that vehicle, I'll be feeling better than the other Marianne who decided to just be mad. Yeah. So we kind of teach um clients yes like basic uh i don't want to call them survival skills mm-hmm. like be- like equip them with the resources they need to handle these simple things that would trigger these negative emotions in them so yeah somebody confronts you at work or just decides to just argue or start a fight you handle yeah. it in a very calm way and then you save yourself so much stress and mm-hmm. so much anger mm-hmm. so basically we use the theories and yes. the techniques to teach people the skills they need to f- to handle the problems on their own that yeah. way by the time therapy is done, mm-hmm. at some point, let's say six months from now, yes, if you encounter the same things and you start feeling or going through the same symptoms, yeah, you will have more resources to handle them. And in most cases, you'll find a client calling you and saying, you know, this time I was going through the same thing, but you know what I did, this and this and that. So the things mm. they learned mm. from the therapy sessions, mm. now they're using them in real life. Yeah. But yes, it's just a journey and all of it depends on the client and how willing they are to make changes. Because yeah. I can give you all the... People will always assume you'll come to therapy to get answers. You will not get answers from us, but you'll get the resources you need to be able to figure out your things. Because mm. if I give you answers, the next time you have a problem, what keeps you from coming back to me to get answers? Yeah, Nothing. that's true. And, and you see, the goal is not to keep you coming to me. I know it's most therapists see it as like return clients and more money and more customers. But yeah. my goal is to make sure you never come back to me. Yes. Like you're okay the way you went and yeah. you're able to function properly. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. I like that. And I think that that's a big thing. And I hope like everyone has heard that it's not about what you go there to hear. Yes. It's about what you practice thereafter and yes. what you apply. Implement everything. Ah. Yeah. Mm. It's the same way with reading good books. And me and you are avid readers. We yeah. read a lot. You can read some really good books. And then after that, that story is dead. There are no notes, no anything, no Done. application. <laughs> Done. So I think that that's so encouraging for you to say. Like, it's not about them coming. Yeah. It's about them learning something. And everybody, including me, us learning something. Yes. And then being able to apply there Use after. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's take the conversation a bit of a different way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're okay. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're good and everything is fine. Mm-hmm. But you still feel like, hey, maybe I should be talking to somebody. Yes. You know? Yes. So, like, talk about that. Because I feel like sometimes it's shunned upon that. Oh, if you don't have a problem, why are you <laughs> wasting money seeing a therapist, you know? 
Yes. Um I think uh over time our perception of therapy has really been like corrupted. Mm-hmm. Most people assume only crazy people go to see <laughs> the 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 psychologist or oh, there's something the wrong shrink. with you. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, "Why are you sh- why are you seeing a shrink?" Yeah. I'm like, "No. Mm-hmm. Most of us like, okay, good example. Me as a psychologist, yes. I actually have sessions. Mm-hmm. Like I go see my therapist every week." Yeah. So Somebody would ask you, but Marianne, you know all the tricks and you know all the things to do. Why can't you just do that for yourself? Yeah. But you see, beyond having mental health problems, mm. life is already hard for everybody. That's true. So it doesn't have to be like, I'm depressed, I need to see a therapist. And in some cases also, or actually in most cases, beyond the mental health things, there's also the issue of just understanding where you are and yeah. who you are. Because yeah. seeing a therapist like opens a lot of boxes you've like closed for so many years you would not otherwise be aware how they affect your life mm, currently because mm, mm. um let's say me when i started practicing sorry when i started training to become a psychologist we had to go for this mandatory session so from those you understand a lot from how your childhood influence who you are right now yeah. how the people you grew up with affected who you are right now yeah. how the experiences you went through affected who you are now in terms of the work you're doing mm. in terms of the people you choose to date yes. in terms of uh the basically every aspect of your life so mm. beyond this seeing a therapist i think it's very useful because uh it creates in you that awareness of who you are as a whole mm. like your mm. personality your dreams your goals your plans your career mm-hmm. and it gives you like a platform for you to even plan yourself yes and be able to like set targets for yourself in mm. terms of timelines and career mm. and personal dreams and desires mm. and things actually fall into place once you have like a new set of eyes looking into your eye into into your life yes and being able to give you that professional like opinion on this is what's happening with you this is what's happening and then you share oh this is this is the thing i want to do these are the things i want to do this is the person i just met this is the person i'm dating this Mm. is what's so even if there's no problem it doesn't hurt to understand yourself a bit more and that's why i always say therapy is like an ongoing thing even if you're fine if you can afford it see a therapist even once a month just go Mm. there and check in and say you know what it's been a perfect month it's cool beans but anything that way when something starts you're able to monitor or know about it early before it gets worse yeah because in such cases if you start manifesting depressive symptoms the therapist will pick on them very early of course and then dealing with it will be much easier you don't have to end up like in a situation where now you have to be put on meds Mm. or like constant therapy or monitoring or some other like intense options of course the earlier, the better. And the only way to know that is be aware of your mental state. Yeah. By what? Seeing a therapist as yeah. much as you, or not as much as you can, but regularly, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I like that. And I think that there we've de- demystified something that many people would say like, oh, if you're okay, don't see a therapist. But yeah. guys, you've heard it here first. Mm. See a therapist, whether you're okay or not. Yes. And you saying, as a I therapist, you have I a therapist. see a therapist, yes. There's one <laughs> of my favorite authors uh. who also did a really nice TED talk on vulnerability. She's called Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. In her book also, she talks about how she sees a therapist yes. and how a therapist corrects her and she's like, wait a minute. Uh. I'm also a therapist. I know this, but yes. it's my life. And yeah. It's the same way you're saying. Uh. From the outside looking in, it's very different from yes. the inside and being there and living that life day mm-hmm. in day out. Mm-hmm. So I really like that you brought that up. Yes. So as we wind down, like I just want to hear from you. Yeah. What are two things, or a couple of things? It doesn't have to be two. Mm-hmm. That you would tell people. Okay, I think that if you are looking to take better care of your mental health, yeah. you should do A, B, C, D. We hear about journaling. We hear about a lot of things. Yeah. But from you as a therapist perspective, uh-huh. what are some tools that you can give guys for free now here on air? Yeah. About what they can do to better take care of their mental health, especially the youth, the children, the teens. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
So right now, uh, like uh, I've said, most people can't afford therapy and mm-hmm. everything else, but there are a few things you can be able to do to just keep yourself stable, keep yourself safe, and keep yeah. yourself like functioning mm-hmm. in a healthy way. In most cases, it's uh, taking time to look inside like yeah. look within yourself and mm-hmm. then you'll be able to understand yourself mm-hmm. in all the aspects but this requires like a certain level of understanding that you're not perfect to mm-hmm. begin with mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of traits or aspects of your life you'll realize need improvement maybe let's say good example if i look inside as mariana i'll say i kind of have a temper you mm-hmm. see understanding that instead of just assuming i'm perfect yes i am more aware of situations that would trigger the temper so mm-hmm. take time and like if you have a book, try and figure out who you are. Like yes. write down. You can have a. Sometimes in therapy, we use the, the 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 typical table form on this side and that side. So pros and cons, or just write things that uh, that are amazing about myself. Things that are not quite or need improvement mm. about myself. Writing down these things makes you aware of these things. Beyond that, people play a very big part in your mental state. Mm-hmm. Like the people you have around you, you have to be very aware of the kind of energy they. They evoke in you. Mm-hmm. There are people you, when you sit around them, you feel warm and safe and comfortable. There are yes. people you sit around them, you're constantly just uncomfortable or worried or something is going to go wrong or yeah. whatever. So you have to figure out, think and ask yourself why these people elicit these negative emotions in you or these yes. feelings. Yeah. It could possibly point to people around you who are not really like encouraging your mental state. So this yeah. is something you need to address. So be aware of the friends you keep, the family members, and the, how they make you feel. Okay. So if they make you feel a certain level of discomfort or whatever, you need to address it. I'm not saying keep people away. I'm just saying try and understand why you feel like that around them and mm. how that can be improved. But beyond that, uh, it depends. Again, not everybody journals. You, you give the example of journaling. Mm. Not everybody journals, but uh, finding something that keeps you v- busy and something you actually really enjoy. Somebody like me, I write a lot. Yeah. And I spend a lot of time in nature. So I would take trips, but uh, I know the economy is... You know. <laughs> and also so, COVID. No. Yes, and also COVID. Yeah. So if you can, if you're somebody who's... Uh, I don't want to say alone. If somebody tends to keep to themselves, try and do things that keep your mind busy. Try making things with your hands. Try nature and mm. uh, hell. If you can, you can even like have a pet. But yeah. if you're somebody who's more social, you now you have to be able to figure out where all these amazing events are happening, where all these people are having all these functions. Try and uh, hang out with friends that are able to do this for you. Start a new project you like. Start like mm. something to keep you busy or something yeah. to keep you like uh, enjoying the free time you have. Yeah. Because if it is constructive, then it is definitely nurturing to your soul. So mm. there are free mindfulness practices online. Yeah, uh, There's a lot of breathing exercises. Yoga is perfect. There's mm. a lot of uh, ways for you to be able to calm down or just like relax yourself. So if you're going to, I know a lot of us spend a lot of time on the internet. If you're going to spend that much time on the internet, might as well just learn like uh, mindfulness techniques. Yeah. There are so many options, staying with yourself in the moment, mm. being forgiving with yourself in various situations, being able to say, it's okay for you to feel like this. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to process and go through this thing. I'm going to make the effort to make the changes. Yeah. And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I will not be able to go through this again later on or yeah. I'll handle it better later on. Yeah. And also just making personal choices in your otherwise typical life because in most cases most of our stress or mental health things are triggered by typical life so that's true if having stress at work maybe you need to address that figure out if you're always late with your things you'll need to learn techniques on how to stop procrastinating how to plan yourself well yeah if you're having trouble
people with your boss, you may need like new communication skills to be able to handle the situation. If it gets too worse, you may need to start applying for a new job somewhere. So there's no exact answer. Of course. It's all just understanding your situation and then now kind of like noting down all the possible ways I could handle them, weighing the pros and cons and then getting ready or developing, gathering resources to deal with the, in case the cons happen. Yeah. Yeah. But pretty much there's no like one straight answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think thanks for those nuggets. And I think yeah. that anytime maybe somebody is unsure and you think you want to take better care of your mental health, you yeah. can play that part back. Yeah. And even if I give a personal experience, because you brought in introverts and extroverts. Yeah. For myself, I used to be an extrovert. I used to love it. Like being around the people, being around friends, acquaintances, family. Yeah. But then even you, you've known me for time. So yes. you've known with time, mm-hmm. I've become slightly introverted. Yeah. And I think that like it's okay if you're listening and you feel like hey man like i feel like these days i'm getting tired because there was a point when i even talked to you about this if you remember yes and i was telling you like i don't know what's happening but not who i used to be (laughs) and i know you remember that Uh, and i was telling you like i don't know these days man i said this guy's like more than two people Mm. for half an hour and i'm tired Mm. i want to go home Mm. and this was never me but I remember even that time you encouraged me and you told me, look, man, every day we are changing yes. and we're never going to be the same. Exactly. So I mm-hmm. think that that's an encouragement. Anybody yeah. out there who feels like, hey, maybe like I'm not feeling myself because you're in a place where you're changing. You're mm-hmm. always going to be changing. Yes. And I like that you brought in energy. If the people around you are meant to be in your life, they're going to accommodate the changes that you make. Yes. And if they are not, you'll shut them off. Yes. And you'll be lighter and you'll be better. It will be hard, but necessary. Exactly. Mm. So finally... If you were to tell your 18-year-old self mm. two mm-hmm. great pieces of advice yes. and wisdom, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this one would have to be like very intense because uh, the person I was at 18 is like the extreme opposite of who I am right now. <laughs> yeah. I was a, a very quiet loner, like very depressed, very quiet, very yes. like not speaking in front of people, yeah. everything else. I was very smart, but mm. half the time I barely ever spoke up. Mm. So if I was to like look at her right now, mm-hmm. I'd probably tell her there's actually nothing much to be so scared of in the future. Like I spent a lot of time worrying about what the future would look like, but yeah. I tell them things actually turn out really good. <laughs> like things actually turn out really well. Yes. So you don't have to like stress so much about the future. Mm. That is like the first time I would, the first thing I would definitely tell her. Mm. But the second, I would tell her to stop worrying about people so much. Like okay. worrying about everybody. I think like most of my years were taken with like constantly worrying if my parents would be okay, if yeah. my siblings would be okay, yeah. if all those children from the schools you are going to will be okay and everything Mm. else. So you end up carrying like everybody's burdens as much as it's a a sign of empathy. Over time you realize it can also be like weighing somebody down. So I tell her, don't be so stressed. People always survive and people always strive. The few you help, it's worth it. You just keep going with it. Yes. I love that. Mm. And I think especially that last one even resonates to me because we always worry, especially about our nuclear family. Like, hey, man, if things are good at home, like, is everything going to be yes. okay? But mm-hmm. I think those are two great pieces of advice. Yeah. So as we close out, please tell the people where they can meet you. Before you do that, mm-hmm. congratulations to you for starting a YouTube channel. Give Yay. them the handle there also. <laughs> let them know where they can reach Madini. If they want to donate anything, yes. give them everything. Ah, yeah. So let me start with the Madini thing. Um, 
I run Madini Youth Foundation, like I said earlier on. We help uh, families in the slums and the countryside who are struggling to survive. So we take children to school, we do their shopping, we do their sanitary programs, we do uniforms, and we start businesses for their parents and all this through also giving them regular therapy to get them to you know, deal with the traumas they've had to face with the, you know, growing up ways very hard. So... Madini Youth Foundation on all platforms. We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, we have a YouTube channel. Feel free to go by, comment, like, share, whatever. Feel free to donate pads, books, clothes, anything that you feel would be useful to families, to the children. We have all ages. Just reach out. We have contacts there. We have emails. We have phone numbers. Feel free to call anytime you want and uh, become a part of the great family. We are growing <laughs> so big right now. Mm. And uh, ooh, now me. Yeah. Oh, also, okay. If you want to reach me directly, if you need to talk, if you need help or you need somebody to connect to or just like figure out what is the next step, uh on social media I am called Agola Alo. That is A G O double L A then A L O. You'll find me on Facebook. Facebook may be different, it may have the name Marianne, but Kunipata Singumo. I'm on Facebook, Instagram and everywhere else. And recently uh as something I was also coping with, I was going through like a depressive phase. And part of my my healing process, I started documenting all my travels. So I have a YouTube channel called Catharsis. If you go on YouTube and, uh, of course, Catharsis is such a general word. If you go on YouTube and uh, Google my name, Agolalo, it will bring you my, my channel. Feel free to comment, share, give me opinions, anything else, and just uh, hopefully it brings like a calming effect to whoever is going to watch and listen because that was kind of my goal. Mm. It helped me clear my mind and kind of get to a state where things were getting better and things were getting more okay. Mm. But uh, I don't know. Did I miss something? Your personal handle on IG. On Instagram, I'm called Agolalo. On uh, <laughs> my website, it's called Agolalo. <laughs> on uh, <laughs> pretty much everywhere, everywhere is Agolalo. So yeah. go look for me. Feel free to call. I am very nice. I don't bite. Uh, if bites. you need help, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> if you need help, I will be here. If you're in crisis, I'll be here. If you can't breathe, you can't do anything else, just reach out. If I can't uh, do your sessions, I will connect you with somebody who can. That's it from Marianne and myself for today, guys. Until next time, stay focused, stay happy, and stay smiling. I love you guys. <laughs>